Good morning, everybody. Good morning, welcome all. It's me, uh, Brother Marty, the guy with the, the YouTube channel and the church and academy and stuff. How are you guys? You are all listening to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, and I didn't get my coffee this morning, so I'm going to be sipping it while I'm talking here. So thank you all for being here today. I really appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> who do we got in the house? We got the usual suspects, Daniel Stearns and J.M. Grassi and my wife and Interverse Podcast and J.M. Grassi. Uh, thank you all for being here today. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. This episode is called, what did I call this? Um, sir, uh, Sunday service. Thank you and goodbye for now. Uh, I'm going to take a little break, so and we'll talk about that in just a bit, but um, I was going to talk about the book that I'm releasing today that's actually released. Um, musical intro there. Um, all right, I'm going to read something before we get going here. And where am I? Yes, I am. This is a poem that um, Irene Jaros, who's a, a, somebody, an a older lady that's been following the channel for a long time, actually, she sent me this, and it's a really pretty poem. And it's by George Washington Carey. You guys know who George Washington Carey is? Fantastic author. Really, really great author. I've got a couple of his books. Um, I think the Word Made Flesh is the one. Um, God, man, the Word Made Flesh is the, the one that a lot of people know, but this is one. So I'm going to read it. So it says, Man struggling up to the sunlight, up from the mire and clay, fighting through wars and jungles, sometimes learning to pray, and sometimes a king with a scepter and sometimes a slave with a hod. Some people call it karma, and others call it God. A beggar ragged and hungry, a prince in purple and gold, a palace gilded and garnished, a cottage humble and old. One's hopes are blighted and blooming, one gathers the ripened pod. Some call it fate or destiny, and others call it God. Glimmering waters and breakers far on the horizon's rim. White sails and seagulls glinting away till the sight grows dim, and shells spirit-painted with glory, where seaweeds beckon and nod. Some people call it ocean, and others call it God. Cathedrals and domes uplifting, spires pointing up to the sun, images, altars, and arches where kneeling and penance are done. From organs, grand anthems are swelling, where the true and faithful plod. Some call it superstition, while others call it God. Visions of beauty and splendor, forms of a long-lost race. Sounds of faces and voices from the fourth dimension of space. And on through the universe boundless, our thoughts go lightning shod. Some call it imagination, and others call it God. Acids and alkalines acting, proceeding and acting again, operating, transmuting, fomenting in throes of spasms and pain, uniting, reacting, creating like souls passing under the rod. Some people call it chemistry, and others call it God. Vibrations of etheric substance causing light through regions of space, a girdle of something unfolding and binding together the race. 
and words without wires transmitted. Aerial, winged spirits, sandaled and shod. Some call it electricity, and others call it God. Earth redeemed and made glorious, lighted by heaven within. Men and angels face to face with never a thought of sin. Lion and lamb together in flowers that sweeten the sod. Some call it brotherhood, and others call it God. And now the sixth sense is opened, and we have rent the veil, and we no longer wander. We have ransomed the Holy Grail. Through all the life's phases and changes, along the new paths to be trod, we will recognize only one power, one present, omnipotent God. By George, yeah, that, uh, by George Washington <coughs> Carey. And uh, we got the lion and lamb there, so I think uh, Brian Staley's going to lose his shit. That's pretty good. So anyway... Um, I thought that was a fantastic poem, and uh, so and she asked me to share that, and so I decided to share that. So thank you for sending me that, Irene. It's beautiful. Um, good stuff. Great author if you get a chance. Yeah, amen. So, all right, let's do a prayer. And I don't have a prayer uh, ready, and so I'm just going to wing it, as they say uh, in Wisco. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us in our lives. Thank you for the grace that you always show us. Thanks for always keeping our bellies full. Thanks for always having a roof over our heads. And thanks for allowing us to see the light in such a, such a time of vast darkness. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for being with us. And we are your humble servants. Amen. So, uh, yes, I was on... Chance's show, Interverse Podcast, was called Vibrant last week, and I was feeling extra spicy, extra saucy. <laughs> so I was with my folks, had a few beers in my paw, and decided to rant. I mean, that's what the show is called. So, um, yes, thank you. I thought the poem was beautiful. I have zero agenda this morning. I didn't plan literally anything. I didn't plan a prayer. I've been going basically about 111% for about two and a half years now or more. And so we've been doing these hyper-intensive studies of the Bible and looking up etymology and symbol and astrology. And, and I spent a crazy amount of time last week putting together that documentary. And so this week I was like, you know what? I'm not planning anything. We're just going to let loose. We're going to chat. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be focused on this. I'm going to try to chat with you guys. If you guys have any questions, anything like that, um, we'll talk. So just shoot them out. I'll be in the chat here. Uh, we'll talk about the, the title here in just a second. So um, so if you guys want to talk about anything, the floor is yours, okay? Um, so if you guys want to questions, anything like that, just shoot them. I'm not sure how long we'll be chilling out today. Um, but like I said, I'm going to talk about the new book a little bit before we get going here. And um, yeah, so like I said, Jennifer can curate any questions or any things like that if there's any topics you want to talk about. But I'm going to talk about the new book. And talk about the, um, uh, yeah, anyway, the title. So let's let's do that. Let's start here. So right now I'm going to say thank you and goodbye for now. Um, I just left this on the, the Telegram group. And so I'm just going to read this so you guys know what's up. And I said, uh, after this morning's sermon today, I'll be taking some much, much, much needed time off. Uh, the last year and a half has been abs an absolute frenzy of writing. Besides Lord Jesus Christ, I edited, re-edited two other books and started another one. 
and started the church and did all the live streams and all that sort of stuff. So it's been a frenzy of writing, moving, renovating our home, building our homestead from top to bottom, literally renovating the whole thing, starting completely over from scratch, literally having to buy all of our goods, sold everything, had to do all of that. And that's what we've been doing for the last year and a half. And we've been going at like 111 fucking percent for a little too long. And it can burn a guy out. So I'm feeling very burnt out, to be honest. Um, so we we spent a lot of time like rebuilding our lives and stuff like that. And so Jennifer and I are Jennifer and I are my lovely wife are traveling to Germany next week to visit her family, um, which we didn't honestly didn't know if we'd ever see again because we didn't you know we had no intention of ever flying again. But they dropped the mandates at least for this time being. So as soon as they did, literally we're we're getting a flight like the week after <laughs> whatever the mandates are dropped or something because that was crazy like that. So. So we're doing that and going to visit her family. And um, so I decided to halt services until October. I'm basically taking from now until then off um, just to do a, some soul searching. There's that as well. But uh, also just not focus on um, some other things like writing. Um, I'm going to edit some videos down, which I, I need time to do and stuff like that. And we're just finishing up some projects here, so it's a good time to just basically like, okay, you know, I've, I don't, I don't need to chop any more wood or build any more wood sheds or build, you know, rabbit proof a fence anymore. I've done a lot, of, a lot of that this year, so we're traveling to um, Germany, so I'm gonna halt services till October. So I'm sorry if that is uh, offending anybody. I really wanted to do this every Sunday all year, but we have this opportunity to take a much, much needed break, and we're going to do that. And I'm going to I'm a monopolize on that time. So. Um, and Jennifer hasn't seen her family, uh, in, in, uh, several years. So I'll also say this and please, please understand that, the, um, this is not some bitch fest or anything like that. I'm not sitting some whiner and complainer or things like that. Um, I know I'll just read this. I've also been incredibly disappointed and honestly quite disgusted to be honest, um, with how this, this work and what we're, what we're doing here has been received over, over the years, really, um, but especially within the last two years, especially since the caliber of work has gone, you know, I mean, I just personally, I feel like it's it was just above and beyond anything that I've ever even touched in the last decade, what we're doing now. And so um, anyway, <clears throat> so I'm just kind of annoyed, I guess, to say about about how this has been received, how it's laughed off, how it's just you know, misrepresented, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I have a pretty fucking tough shell, just so you guys know. I can take a lot, a lot, and have, but I'm also a human being. And this shit hurts, and it does, absolutely. And so, you know, you put yourself out there, and you have to be able to take a lot of shit, and I got a, six pieces of armor on, you know? But I still have a soft, loving, caring heart, and it, I am still a human being. So I'm just going to be honest with you guys. It's, uh... It's been hurtful to do the caliber of work we're doing and then put it out to a bunch of people that are truth thinking, you know, truth thinking, and then, you know, it's never even addressed. So I want to take some time to seriously reflect on and deeply consider the future of this work and how we wish to run this church in the future. I have every intention of keeping going. Don't get me wrong. This is not some, I'm out of here kind of thing. I definitely, I just definitely need a break. And I definitely need to reevaluate how we're, we're, we're doing this, you know. Um, 
after the response from the last documentary I, I created, which basically took six months of work, people don't realize that. That was six months of me studying the Bible more intensely than I ever had in my entire life, putting together those live streams and then editing down into about an hour and 10 minutes, which, you know, like Chance, Chance had said, he said it's kind of like a, you know, a non-bullshit, if you will, uh, zeitgeist. It's like a new zeitgeist, except not with all the communism and and uh, all the, you know, conspiratorial kind of stuff. And I, I really think it, it is. I mean, to me, it's it's uh, quite insane that that is not getting more traction considering the climate that we're in. Anyway, um, after the response from the last documentary I created and the six months of work that went into created, it has forced me to really question and reevaluate what I'm doing. Um, very much, very much. After releasing that, I'll tell you what, it's, it was like, uh, you know, you work so hard on something and have so much passion and so much intention and so much care and so much focus on it. And then you put it out to the world and you know, after 10 years of, of doing this, when you see a lackluster response, especially the last um, the two documentaries I actually made, it just makes you reevaluate, like, how, how much effort and time, how much in my own heart and soul am I going to pour out into something to have it sort of just stepped on kind of thing, you know? So, and it happens quite a lot. And it's just the nature of what it is. It's just the nature of what we're doing here. I'm not, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about that other than, you know, toughen up kind of shit. I, you know, I get that and I've dealt with a lot of that stuff. But, you know, that uh, to me, it's just absolutely, absolutely insane that 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 documentary doesn't have three times, four times, five times, ten times the views that it does. About four, probably about 400 people have watched that in its entirety. So. Please know this is not some whining or complaining bitch fest. Yes, I, I burn off steam on my Telegram channel because, you know, the reason I do that is I don't have anybody to talk to about this stuff. I'm, you know, as you guys know, in fact, that there's people that are here, um, you know, they, a lot of times, I, they've said to me they don't have anybody to talk to about this stuff. So I can only imagine, you know, I mean, I understand, in other words. So I, I get it. A lot of times you want, there's... You know, you talk about these things, whether you're around family or friends or workmates or things like that, and you can't, you have to censor yourself or you can't say things or people are not going to listen to you or blah, 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 blah. And that's, you know, people want to be heard. Everybody does. Everybody wants to have that um, human connection, you know. Um, so anyway, just rambling. Uh, so yes, I burn off uh, steam on this channel. So I apologize for that. I don't, I don't, you know, on my telegram or whatever, um, when I have to deal with giant assholes, which is lately quite a lot quite a lot uh just know that jennifer and i know that we are blessed beyond measure and we say it every day we do god has been so good to us and so and i know that and i know i have a responsibility when god's so good to you so we can't thank you and tell you how much it means to us to have this small but incredibly loving support from such truly amazing folks no smoke up anyone's ass here. You guys are genuinely fucking awesome. Facts. Uh, the fact that I still even have 100 people show up is, you know, on a Sunday swells my heart. It's amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't do this without your support. And um, so, yeah, we appreciate that. I hope you all understand and hope you will all return in October, uh, probably the first week. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll continue on. Like I said, I've got a whole list. I mean, I literally have... Um, 
folders already ready for some of these live streams. Like I said, we're going to do the astrology. We're going to do Jonah and the whale. We're going to do Ezekiel's wheels. We're going to do the, we're going to get into the Vedas. We're going to talk about Buddhism. We're going to go into the Norse stuff. We're going to do, uh, let's talk astrology. I don't know if I just mentioned that. Let's talk astrology. I want to do that. I mean, I've got a whole list of things that we are going to go in depth on. And I hope you all come back and I hope you're here. Okay. So uh, that's just what's going on for right now. Uh, we're going to go and enjoy ourselves and not focus on any of this, any of this. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go um, deal with uh, Jennifer's mother. <laughs> Hopefully she's not listening. Pray for her. <laughs> you know how family can be. Um, so that'll be that'll be good. So anyway, um, you got some catching up. Yes, if you notice, I've taken uh, the sermons, which I do anyway. I, I, was, I had every intention of, I mean, I was going to keep them on, but... You know, I just like to keep my YouTube channel clean. Number one, I've been doing this for a long time. I keep the stuff up for a while and then I take it down and it goes to the site because the site is for people that actually want to be here, that actually are part of this academy and actually a part of this church and actually want to know. So that's what it's there for. Everybody else, I just don't care. I'm not interested in the person that's going to come by this channel and watch for 10 minutes and then be like, whoa, you know, it's okay. It's fine. I understand and I have absolute respect and love for where you are in your spiritual quest. I'm not dissing or denouncing any of these people or I try not to. Um, though that's difficult, especially when they're giant assholes. I still have that Irish shit kicker in me that's like, Argh. um, anyway, I'm just rambling. Um, okay. <clears throat> Jen says, Absolutely. I hope you will. Yes. I hope you do. Uh, oh, yes. Jennifer was asking if Chance, if he can mirror it. And I'm, absolutely. Please mirror it everywhere. Share it around. Share it to all those Christians out there that are ignoring this channel. <laughs> um, yeah, you're more than welcome to. In fact, any of the documentary stuff that I do, it's fully intended to share. I don't make any, like, I don't make any money on it. I don't put any ads on any of this stuff. You know, I always said if I'm going to do this, it is, and especially now moving forward, I've completely put it in God's hands and really put it in your guys' hands. If I'm going to continue to do this, then it is going to be in, you know, it's going to be from the support of the people and not selling, you know, stupid ass commercials on my YouTube or anything like that. You know, it's going to be the support of real people that really care, that really want to know, that are really going to pass this information on to the next generation and the rest. At this point, I really don't care. I wish them all the best and much love. I really, really do. But at this point, <clears throat> you know, I just, I had to watch, uh, oh God, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Okay, let's talk about this. I just released, uh, this is in the last week, Pine English Alphabets Volume Collections, Volume 1 through 3. And I've been working on this for the last... I don't know how many months, several months. And basically what this book is, it's pretty, it's only about 200 pages. I basically, what I did is I took the, which I don't sell anymore. These are all, so get it while you can. Cause I don't keep stuff out. I don't, that's just how I work. You know, I put it out there for a while then it goes behind, you know, goes to the site or I keep books out and then I, you know, I they keep them out for a few years and then that's it. And that's how I work. Um, so it's basically like, you know, get it while get it while it's hot. Otherwise, don't get it. That's kind of my it's kind of my position of things. So 
Um, so the Pine English Alphabet Volumes 1, 2, and 3 are a series of books that I did, um, think, think 2014. I forget what it was. I probably wrote it in my new book. But a series of books that I had written, and I actually did two volumes of the first two volumes. So essentially, I'd written essentially five different books because they were not radically different, but different, quite a, quite a bit different. And so what I tried to do with this new book is really consolidate um, these three books into um, into one, into one very palatable, like you know, like I like to say, digestible sort of coffee table book. And I wanted it to be uh, standalone, like every book that I write, I want it to be, if you don't have the other books, you could just read this book and get, you know, the 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 gist of Gamatria and that sort of stuff. So, so these three books, um, in fact, I'll just read the uh, part of the intro here to this new book, Pine English Alphabets, Volume 1 through 3. So I um, combined all these into one uh, book. And some of the chapters in this book you'll find in, or parts of the chapters you'll find in like Lord Jesus Christ or in um, the alchemical writings of Claudia Pomonese. Can you grab that quickly? Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Just that. No, yeah, that one. Um, and then this one as well. Um, Peacock's Tales, the alchemical writings of Claudia Pavonis. So, um, I'll just read part of the intro here, the introduction, and then I'm just going to go over just some of the chapters. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll just chat. So, uh, I'm just going to read just a, just a hair here, okay? Um... What you're holding in your hand here is the final volume of Pi in the English Alphabet series. The Pi and T uh, book series is a series of books written throughout the years 2010 to 2014. And they, along with my first book, uh, Pi the Great Work, were some of my first forays into the worlds of number symbolism, sacred geometry, gematria, comparative mythology, and all things mystical, arcane, religious, and occult. This book is an amalgamation of those texts and contain various fragments, bits, and pieces and is highly redacted and edited from the original works. These earlier, these earlier texts were essentially introductory manuscripts that were exploratory and often elementary in their execution. Um, though these formative offerings would be foundational to the works I would later create, I felt it necessary to update them one last time, putting them together into one final volume um, for posterity and clarity's sake, and offer up to the public a final version of these books. My effort and aim throughout this journey has been to make an open and honest exploration through these highly anagogical subjects and topics, a work that would no doubt require revision, re-examination, and updating as more information came to light and as my knowledge of these subjects grew and evolved. My trajectory from day one, God is my witness, my trajectory from day one has been to constantly seek the genuine, admit the errors and mishaps I've made along the way, Use those blunders as a stepping stone to a higher understanding and constantly keep my eye on the holy light of truth. This has been my effort for the last 10 years of writing, presenting, lecturing, and preaching. And my own spiritual and personal growth has bloomed because of this great work. Um, so this book is really an amalgamation of all the things that I'd covered in this book, of these books, and um, really what it is is basically going through for years and years and years. This has been a really sort of an intellectual alchemical process, a distillation process of going through 
and literally throwing things against the wall. And I think I even said this in, in one of the books, basically this idea of throwing things against the wall for years, just years, just like, okay, let's see, let's see. And then finding out eventually what stuck to that wall and then focusing on those things. And that ended up being everything that's um, uh, verifiable, provable. In other words, what I was doing was and have been doing for years is engaging properly in the scientific process and the protocols of the scientific method. Um, in the back of these original books, it says this. It says, Pi in the English alphabet is an exploration of sacred number and the mystical properties of language. It is a journey into the heart of the universe and a journey into the soul of oneself. And that's really what these books were. They were exploratory. They were explorations and journeys into trying to find out what, what, what is this thing that God gave me? What is this seven-fold cipher? What is this crypt, you know, cryptography that we find? What is all this stuff? I had to, I had to go from you know, essentially square one. I told people that I was doing, people, I just did a, this consultation for a guy. He was just kind of asked me about like, hey, what books do you read? And what, what is your process? And things like that. And um, and I was like, I told him, I was like, dude, the, when I first started this, I was doing multiplication tables again. I got a notebook out. I was doing multiplication tables again so I could absolutely absorb and learn this from the ground floor. And I'm like, that's what it takes. You know, that's what it takes if you're actually that dedicated, you know, and I, I'm, that's just a metaphor. You could be talking about all sorts of different subjects. It doesn't have to be math, you know, um, <clears throat> but so anyway, uh, I'm just kind of rambling now. I'm just kind of rambling. But these books have been this basically distillation process. That's what it's been. This my, uh, my whole life's work, my whole life in that sense has been this long alchemical process of distilling down what is the truth? What is something that we can hold on to, grasp, and say, yes, this is true? And that's what these books are. There's not, and I will st I'll stand by this statement right now. You know, maybe there is a, some, a mistake here and there as far as editing, grammar, that, that sort of thing. But as far as the information that's given in this book, there's not one thing that 100% of the people, 100%, everywhere in the world cannot verify with basic arithmetic. Everything in here. And I'm doing the same with this. I'm going to present information and it's not, you know, we're still exploring. You know, we're still trying to figure out, you know, it's not like I know everything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the information I'm presenting is at this point and moving forward with this church. One of the reasons we started the church was because I'm like, now it's not still exploratory. We're still making a journey. Don't get me wrong. But now it's not maybe this is true and maybe this is true now we now what we can do is say no we know this is true no one can deny these things and so that's uh that's what this whole goal has been that's what the, this whole trajectory has been is to is to basically get to a place where we can where we can do that we're like oh no we're not just doing exploration now now we're going to put the hammer to the nail and nail down all of this information and verify it put it in a put it in a form that you can put it right in your hands and you know get to get to this point and then basically have a bunch of people that you respect 
that you used to respect turn on you and and not be genuine with with this you know so but you guys are and that means the world to me yeah so um, let's talk about Pi and the English Alphabets, Volume 1 through 3. I'm just going to basically talk about every chapter quick, and then um, that's it. I'm going to leave this open if you guys want to chat about anything, you guys want to talk about any anything, whatever. I'm going to leave the floor open to you guys, um, and that's it. So I'm just going to do a, kind of a chapter-by-chapter chapter real quick. Um, I just do an introduction in the beginning where I basically just talk about what Gamatria is, uh, my kind of quick journey through it, um, that sort of thing. I actually talk about the secret societies, how basically, not even basically, about pretty much everybody in this community has no idea, no idea what they're talking about when it comes to any of this stuff. Not a clue. So talk about that. And then we go into, um, so a holy ratio of pi, basically talking about why, why is pi even focused on at all in cryptology or cryptography? In Gamatria, whatever you want to say. Um, and then I go into the cipher. And like I said, I kept these books as standalone books. So if like you, in other words, like if you were going to give a gift, if like, it was like, hey, this person might be into Gamatria, but I'm not. But if I hand him a book like Lord Jesus Christ, you know, he's not a Christian, he might be like, ah, oh, what is this kind of evangelical, whatever, this kind of thing, right? And so... So I put um, every single book, like I said, to be standalone so that if like you had to learn the cipher, it's like, oh, well, you could pick up this book or you could pick up that book or whatever, and, and it would be in there. So so I explained the cipher and uh, several different ways in which you can uncover it and the mathematical constants that you can find within the cipher, um, that sort of thing. Uh, then I go into Lord and God. What is, why is there two names of Lord, which by the way, it's, it's crazy that we're in 2022 and we have a legion of Christians online and I've never met one Christian that even understands what the terms Lord and God are referring to. And yet in mystical literature, you'll find it all day long. It's just hilarious. It's hilarious. Anyway, so Lord and God, um, explaining exactly what those terms mean, um, and the gematria behind them, that sort of thing. Um, then I talk about the rule of Kalel and uh, coming up one short is what I call it. Basically, this this rule, this cardinal rule within Gematria and how it's used and actually what it means. How you find it in Heaven and Earth, how you find it in the Egyptian Eye of Horus, how you find it in uh, Isis and Osiris myth, how you find it in the Rebus, the alchemical Rebus, how you find it in As Above, So Below, how you find it in the Monad, how this idea is not only uh, crafted within Gematria and, and cryptography and things like that, um, but also how you find it, like, naturally, just in the uh, numbers, just in the universality of numbers. The whole idea of coming up one short. So there's that. Decimal parity in the base 10 system. Basically talking about the preeminence of the base 10 system. You know? Things that uh, all these truth seekers should be teaching their children. Flat Earth Pete, I like that guy. He's a good chap. He's a if good you, dude. In the first volume, if you intended to have the chapter of 72 names of God on page 72. Oh, um, no. I don't think that was intentional. I think it just happened. Might have to explain that. <clears throat> um, and the volume one, the 72 names of God is actually on page 72, and a lot of those things were just synchronistic. I didn't plan that. There's a lot of things. There's some things I do plan, don't get me wrong, uh, but I, a lot of it I don't at all. It's just you go with the flow. 
and? Oh, no, no, no. There's not. Okay, I mean, um, whenever you, these are all essentially terms for um, the same thing. Gematria is the art of assigning numbers to letters, right? In fact, I'll, here. The pi, and then I'll answer your question. The Pi and T series focus mainly on the mystical science of gematria, which is commonly defined as the ancient art of assigning numbers to letters to reveal deeper meanings and significance to words. Gematria is a dance of numbers and letters, a perfect blend of magic and sensibility, a waltz of the miraculous and the practical, and a holy marriage of art and science. Through the synthesis of numbers and letters, one is allowed a more profound understanding of the symbolic potency and spiritual weight of words, names, and phrases. When you talk about um, Kabbalah, Kabbalah, just like isosophy is the Greek term for it, gematria would be what we consider uh, the English term, if you will. And then Kabbalah would essentially be, um, well, it's, it's, it's given, um, you know, it's mainly like Jewish. That's what they say. Like Kabbalah is usually related to Jewish, but it's actually not. Kabbalah is a, you know, it's, Allah is the, is the Islamic name for God. So I don't know why everybody's like, it's Jewish. It's like, what, do you know basic etymology, guys? Like, anyway. Um, so but this, this, the subject is one and the same. The subject is one and the same. Ultimately, it's about salvation. It's about understanding the numeric principles of the of the, the properties of the numbers 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, how those numbers actually form a numeric alphabet, how numbers are universal, how uh, the mathematical constants within them, and how those things relate to mankind. It's not just that, though. It's also cosmology. It's also symbology. It's also, I mean, basically what Kabbalah is, is the holy sciences. That's what it is, because it wraps up all the sciences into one. And it, and it says... And that's also in your, in the very language you speak, okay? So not really not much of a difference. Like I use those two terms essentially interchangeable. I mean, you know, Kabbalah is based on the cube. And do you know what the gematria cipher is based on? The geometry of the cube, you know? It all points to the cube, you know? In fact, as we say, as, you know, um, Revelation, it's 2116, I think is what it is. Um... <clears throat> Which 21 times 16 equals 336. Um, Revelation 21, 16 uh, basically talks about how God is a cube. It's four square and his length and height and breadth are equal. And then most Christians are like, the cube is satanic. Good luck. <laughs> so anyway, uh, pretty much one and the same. To short answer. So, um, Yes. Well, the the names, so Marty, have you had any luck synchronizing the Bible with music? This is the crazy thing. Like, absolutely crazy. In this book and in the Lord Jesus Christ book, I have at the back, I have, and I'll show you guys this, and then I'll get back to the chapters. And I've showed this several times, and I have yet to have anybody even address it. And really write me and be like, whoa, like, and no, like I think one musician has written me over this. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. It says everything about the time period that we live in. The names Lord and God encode chords. Straight up. Straight up. Let's do it right now, in fact. So I'll show you this. So basically what you do, and this is really simple. 
I mean, this is really, and this is not complex stuff. If you can count to seven and you can form any sort of chord on a piano or a guitar, you can do this. It's absolutely insane. I can't believe no one's, no one's even mentioning this. It's just, it blows my mind. So this is Lord and God. And when you take those words, you take the corresponding numbers. So God is 724, Lord is 2254. And you transpose those to musical notation. It forms chords. Straight up chords. Let's do it right now. So, um, and this is that more of that secret decoder ring theology kind of stuff, you know, that the Bible translators were so smart to encode chords in the name of God. Anyone? Is there anybody out there? So, GBD. So God is G-O-D. So that's 724. G-O-D. You can do the cipher there, 724. You translate those to notes. That's a G chord. That's G, oops. Tuned to 432, of course. It's a G chord, so it's, it's, it's literally G, B, G, B, D. Seven, two, four, G, O, D. Lord is B, B, D, E. So L-O-R-D uh, is 2254, and that would be B-B-D-E, and that would be... That's a, it's like a B add four, I think is what the chord is, like a B, B minor add four or something. B minor add four, I think is what the chord is. I'm terrible with chord inversions and stuff like that. I know, you, I know the basic seven, that's about it, and then I hack the rest. But, so that's, that's lowered. So in other words, you take the gematria total, the gematria values of those individual letters and transpose them to music and you get two chords that any musician that knows how to actually form chords could verify that. Is it sus four? Is that what it is? I believe it is, yeah. So that's, that's this is Lord. That's the Lord chord and this is the God chord. Now listen to them together. God is major. And then Lord is minor. God. And you can do those little flourishes that God likes to do. Little hammers on. And it sounds like that uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper song. There must be something in the way I feel But she don't want me what if I bleed you know that song anyway so that's uh, yeah so God and Lord in chords so hopefully that answers that question and no I haven't gotten any further on um, the, the biggest hang up I'm having is how you would distinguish, distinguish between and there's loads of methods too like in classic you know like cryptology cryptography like there's loads of ways you would do this but the the question I'm having is how you would establish flats and sharps, you know, like if they were going to encode and th we know that this happened. We know that this happens in art too. This is what's so crazy is that people have made discoveries that pieces of art will actually, actually have musical notation encoded in the art. And everyone sees that and they're like, wow, that's fantastic. And then I'm like, yeah, that's all in your language in our holy book too. 
it's, it's freaking crazy. Anyway, um, so that's God and Lord. That's Lord chords. Um, so, anyway, um, and then so I was on. Hopefully that answers that question. Antoine Dufour, I wrote a whole song using gamatra this way to write chords and progressions, melodies, all using words and themes about the moon. Lots of fun. Oh, that's a that's an interesting, that's that's cool, man. Okay, let's get back to. Sometimes they don't mean to encode it. Sometimes it just happens. That's the other thing. There's a there's there's something about once again that's it's really hard to even explain because it's like you get into a a, a flow state or something like that where it's like. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's like you're doing and you're intentional, but you don't necessarily know what the intent, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a it's a very strange thing. I don't even know how to explain that, but. All right, I was on the, uh, I'll finish this up and then we'll chat. Um, decimal parity of the base 10 system. So basically looking at how 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 is a numeric alphabet. Numbers are a language. And they are. Um, given to us by the creator. And so then I go and basically show just a bunch of that sort of stuff. Um, and then I go into uh, the Golden Proportion and the Holy 108. Now, like I said, I've covered some of this stuff in um, the Alchemical Writings of Claudia Pavonis. But basically go through why phi is important, why 1.618, the golden ratio, golden mean is uh, why we find that, you know, all over, how important it is. And then also the number 108, how that can be discovered within that, which is absolutely, you know, Phenomenal mathematical, um, what do you want to call it? Um, phenom. There's a, there's a word. Then I did the unity of opposites, all done with mirrors. Basically, understanding that any any um, duality that you uh, perceive in the world ultimately unifies itself. Ultimately, comes from one source. It's the whole philosophy that all dualities, you know, lead to the unit unity of all things. In other words, you can't have the sun without the moon. You can't have light without darkness. You can't have cold without hot. You can't have the man without the woman. You can't have the up without the down. You can't have the left without the right. You know, you can't have the black without the white. You can't have the forward without the reverse. It's the whole thing, you know. Yeah, Google Fi, right? You see that Google Fi, F-I. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the other thing is when you learn this stuff and you intuit it, and then you go out into your world, you're gonna start making. You're gonna see, like for instance, when you study astrology. Which is which is crazy because basically most people in the world don't understand um, a whole other aspect of astrology, like the symbolic aspect of it and the story behind astrology and why you know there's there's all that conversation which we will have. Um, but when you study astrology, then you can go out into your world and you will actually see that so many of these symbols that are used by corporations, especially car logos and stuff like that, are all astrological, like top to freaking bottom are astrological. You know, like the, whether that's like, whatever. I mean, if you, you could just, I mean, I did a whole video called um, de-occulting the, the auto industry or something like that. Basically looking at every single one of these and showing how it's like, oh, that's the Ford Taurus and this is the Saturn car company and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's an expansion of consciousness when you study this stuff. And the, the people that... Um, you know, the powers that should not be or whatever in this world, they know this stuff. They just do. And they're laughing that we don't. So, um, All the places that we can find when we actually unify opposites, 
So all of these terms in our language that when we unify these opposites result in pi. Res you know, enjoy a fresh Kolsch on me. Don't let Jennifer drink it all. She didn't drink any beer. She's not a beer fan. She, yeah. <laughs> um, the Rainbow Bridge is the next chapter, basically talking about how the rainbow, which is a which is a symbol of the covenant of between God and man, by the way. So when you see the LGBTQ, um, that whole thing, you know, they utilize the rainbow symbol. That's literally, they're equating sodomy to the covenant that man has with God. Because that's what the rainbow represents. It's man's agreement with God. And now that symbol, which is clear, clear that, I mean, it's, that's clearly the symbol in a bunch of different, like, you know, like the Norse, they have the Bifrost Bridge, and that's literally the bridge, it's a rainbow bridge that connects heaven and earth. So, and now they're using that for sodomy. So. Uh, Cosmos here says Jesus is not God. Well, that's an opinion. So, um, so the Pythagorean theorem, next chapter, showing how, yes, the Pythagorean theorem, which is the 47th principle of Euclid, highlighted by the Masons, you see it all over their illustrations, why is that important? It's encoded, and you'll find the encodings everywhere from, I don't know, the Freemasonic square encompasses to the back of your $1 bill. How many people do you know that ever took a protractor to the back of that $1 bill and actually was like, I wonder what the angle of that is? Why is that important? Yet we, you, how many people have that in the back of their wallet? That thing, you know, I said to, I said to Marlene, Marlene, Marlene's a friend of ours, Marlene and Gary. Love you guys if you're listening. Mm. We were talking about, you know, a lot of these like new age circles and stuff like that. A lot of it is for pursuing money and like, you know, the secret. And it's like, oh, I'll get my image board and I'll have the fancy house and I'll have a successful business. And so much of it is tied to money. And of course, anybody that's in the, like an actual spiritual pursuit knows that that's horseshit. You know, it's like, obviously, you know, the pursuit of money and the love of money is not going to end well for you. Right. And so I said to her, I said, a true spiritual seeker will find more on the back of a $1 bill than he would by having a million of those dollars in his bank account. And that's the truth. Scrying the circle. I do um, a chapter. One, like I said, I want this. I want these books to be standalone. So I cover squaring the circle in a, in a different way than I do in Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't. I go into some of the different stuff and just explain why it's important. Why you actually find it encoded in our alphabet. Why you find this imagery all over the world. Why the Orthodox churches are a, a, a nave and a, and a you know a circle and a square and the production of those. Why the Buddha stupa is, etc., etc. You know, why you find um, the symbology used by, um, once again, the elite, if you will. The elite that were. Is that what is that what we're saying nowadays? I like that. Um, and then I go into um, the French, Spanish, and, and uh, French, Spanish, and German alphabets. So not only did I go into the English, and like I said, I cover this in Lord Jesus Christ, too, because it's so important. This, this cipher, this biblical cipher here, decodes four different languages. English. French, Spanish, and German. I wrote it all down. You don't, you could just, if you want to just snapshot this screen, you don't even have to buy the book. Here, look. I'll just let you snapshot that. So there's English, and then there's French. And I explain what those are. And then we go into uh, Espanol and actually show how the numbers 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, which is Kabbalah. The, the base 10 system, 
how that's uh, encoded in four different languages. I'll let you wanna check that out. I've made that video probably two or three times, and I think I've, it's never reached over a thousand views. Uh, das Deutsch Alphabet, the Germans, even the Germans. Das Deutsche. Yeah, Das Deutsche. Uh. Später, später, später. Immer später, später. Du bist wunderschön. All right, then I go into Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> uh, so, I, once again, I wanted to, I, I, you know, I almost didn't put this chapter in this book, but I was like, no, I have to put it in there because, you know, if somebody doesn't pick this book up, even though I've covered a lot of it in here, it's like, no, it's got to be in there. So I abbreviated it. And there's enough there. It's, I don't know, eight pages or something like that. It's six, seven pages, whatever it is. That it'd be like, okay, that's pretty interesting. Then I did the Holy Bible in the hands of God, talking about the hands, talking about um, how the hands are actually shown to be, what do you call the alchemical hands of the mystery, I think is what the alchemists call it, how it's absolutely significant and important in understanding how connected to God we are. Uh, Genesis 1.1. Do all the math, and uh, I, I really, once again, through these books, I really, really went over with a fine-tooth comb with this stuff, you know, to a point where before, like I said, it was very exploratory, but now it's just like, no, no, we're not exploring anymore. Now we're going to show you 100% verifiable scientific information, and and then uh, watches is ignored. Okay, I'll stop bitching. Um, Hebrew, Genesis 1-1. Basically going to Genesis 1-1 in English. And then I do it in Hebrew to show that, hey, guess what? Even though it's a completely different cipher, they're pointing to the exact to the same mathematical phenomenon. English, Hebrew. Two different ciphers, literally pointing to the exact same phenomenon. And where do you find that phenomenon? On your hands. On your hands, once again. So there's that. I go over a bunch of stuff. Hebrew alphabet. Then I actually go through the Hebrew alphabet and show how that's, once again, the, the, all the math works out and it's absolutely insane. I'll just say that. Then I did a case for astrology, talking about um, basically why astrology is important, why we, why all these different cultures have focused on it, um, the Zodiac Man, and then, yeah, just a bunch of different stuff of, as far as astrology is concerned, you know, basically the Zodiac, Seven Planets, um, yeah, don't stop bitching. They never, yeah, <laughs> you're Irish. I know. This is part of my. <laughs> so anyway, um, billiards, um, billiards. This is I freaking love this chapter, man. I just this chapter and the next chapter. So I go over billiards and all the mathematical encodings in billiards, and I did it in three minutes and fourteen seconds. The uh, in in a video too, if you want to check that out. Also, chess. It's a game for kings. And show how uh, chess is encoded with calendars. Um, not only is pawn uh, encoded with pi, there's pawn for you there. And but uh, you know the, the the all the I mean the the cryptography, the, the encodings of chess are. I mean the Bible's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean the Bible's that that stuff's insane. The chess to me is something. Uh, it's. Absolutely fantastic. That's all I can say. Just so basically all the calendars, all the numbers that they're pointing to, how the night actually refers to the moon and the 29.53 synodic lunar cycle, how they absolutely encrafted that using with the with the um, position of the, the pieces of the game. 
Um, so there's that. I go into Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. Why 322? Why 322? Must be arbitrary, huh? Ordo ABKO. Once again, something that pretty much every truth seeker that I've ever heard of gets, I'll just say this, 100% completely wrong. Most people think Ordo ABKO is about like, ah, it's order out of chaos. They're trying to make their order out of the chaos of things like that. No, this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual thing. Order out of chaos is to bring yourself to order out of the chaos of your ignorance. That's what it's all about. So, so many people misconstrue that, and I'm going to do a whole video on that as well. Um, Ordo, Ordo ABKO is fantastic. It's, it's, it's basically the sort of a mantra to help you understand your spiritual trajectory, what it is you're supposed to be doing. And that is to lift yourself out of the, the mud, muck, and mire, and garbage, and detritus of the ignorant, chaotic world and find the light of Christ, <laughs> the light of the order, the whole thing. It's exactly what it's about. Exactly what it's about. Preamble to the Constitution. Basically, just show the preamble there. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Um, Om Mani Padme Hum. Basically, go into what is considered the word in Hinduism and Taoism and uh, Sikhism using, uses this as well. Um, you know, Tibetan monks and stuff like that. They all, Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani, that kind of thing. It's a word. That's the word. That's the word in Hinduism. Um, and so show how that is actually good. So Padme, Padme, which means lotus flower, by the way, which is where like Buddha obtained uh, enlightenment. So pa, so Om Mani Padme Hum. Padme means, but uh, literally translates to lotus flower. Okay. The lotus flower in Egyptian mythology came like the creation is related to the lotus flower because the lotus flower, this perfect symbol of beauty pops up under, from under the dark like, you know, uh, muddy waters of, of, a, of a lake or whatever, right? All of a sudden you get this beautiful thing that pops. This is Ordo Abikeo. This is order out of chaos. So, so the lotus flower, which is, you know, once again, uh, the quintessential into Egyptian mythology and the creation story and stuff like that. Buddha, you know, Bodhi tree, lotus flower, depending on the myth, of course, right? Obtained enlightenment or under, on, the, on the lotus flower, that sort of thing. Um, Padme, the lotus flower, is 31415. So we'll, and we'll talk about that again, too. Also cover the lost Masonic word. Once again, um, it's really strange because I, I guess I, I mean, I knew people didn't know anything about masonry for the most part, but I didn't realize like how many people didn't know that the, the, the main myth of masonry, right? That they, they knew nothing about it. They knew nothing about the ruffians and what goes on and, and the, 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 the retaining or the search for this word. Literally, I've not, like I said, I've been online for 10 years and I'd never even heard anybody talk about it. And it's like, but then you're going to talk about masonry. Well, it would be pretty important to actually talk about the whole point of masonry, which is this myth. And that's the the myth of Hiram Abiff. Gee, what's that? It's the cipher, Jeremiah Todd. It's the cipher. The Freemasonic Square and Compasses, I actually uh, show that in the beginning of this book as well, about how that compasses and square, which everybody thinks is Gadriel or demons or whatever they're thinking, that is encoding that right there. This thing here. That. That's what that's encoding. So people say, what does the G mean? It means G. By the way, this cipher is 
um, it's Lord and God, right? So the, the um, what am I trying to say? Lord and God, as I just showed you, formed chords, right? Once again, anybody can verify this. Any musician, anybody with half a, you know, that you know, half an understanding of, you know, you know how to form chords and stuff like that, you know, that's that's God. chord and that's the lord chord the lord chord and the god chord and the lord chord right well all of that is begotten from that cipher and do you know what that cipher is based on a b c d e f g what is that it's the notes of the major scale <laughs> it's like you know uh, so so you have the cipher based on the notes of the major scale and then you use that cipher on the book in which I got it from, being the Holy Bible, and it encodes chords in Lord and God. Draco Jones, you actually changed your name to Draco. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. He used to be Snake Jones. I was like, you got to call yourself Draco Jones. It's just, it's so much more badass. And he did, so that's great. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's what that, that G means. Um, it's pointing to the fact that our language is encoded with music. So the Lost Masonic Word, I had no idea that that many people didn't realize or didn't understand or hadn't heard of the quintessential myth that's, that's foundational to Masonry. Because there's no way, no way you could possibly even come close to understanding anything that goes on in Masonry unless you even know of this myth. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to see how many people didn't, have no idea, you know? So, anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, the weighing of the heart ceremony. Then I uh, do that. Basically talking about how all of this stuff, as I ended this book with, is all about your heart. It's all about it. This math, all of the, any of this stuff doesn't mean anything unless you have it in your heart. Unless you have that morality. And that's what I mean. You know, you have to love God. You have to genuinely love humanity. You have to genuinely want good in this world and, 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 and you know, uh, push for it your entire life. That is the, the metaphor of the knocking and asking and you shall receive kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I know, Draco Jones. It's a, I, I should name my band that, right? It's a great name. Anyway, um, and then I just end it with uh, you are nowhere or you are now here. Or you're nowhere, but you're now here. So I end it with that. And yeah. So, and then notable mentions. I basically sort of did the same thing with this book that I did with Lord Jesus Christ. Just a bunch of the things that I didn't cover in the chapters that I thought were notable. Um, so I cover everything from Marco Roden's Vortex-Based Math. Um, the News of the World. How uh, literally Northeast, West, South. And Codes Pi. Um, very simply, very simply, the river of the Lord, um, child and kid, roll your bones. What is that? The great cross in the sky, um, the Holy Grail, the ebony and ivory of pie, G.I. Gertschiff's symbol of enlightenment, juggling, the Tau cross, um, the Tetractus. I did just a little, the page and a half on the Tetractus. That really needs a whole half a book, really. Um, and I just decided because it was too verbose to put it in here. Uh, Masonic Apron and Squaring the Circle. Deborah Stilly. Dustin Nemos was on SGT Report and he was talking about morals and dogma and took things totally out of context and made the FMs look really bad. I know this because I'm currently reading the book and I know this isn't true. Welcome to the shit show, Deborah Stilly. 
Deborah, listen to me. Welcome to the shit show. I mean, I love SGT. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Sean's a, Sean's a great dude. I mean, Sean has been that guy. I mean, no, no offense to Sean. I freaking love Sean. He's like that guy has been 100% to me for years. Like even the times when we had disagreements and things like that, he was still just fantastic. You know, he's always been so sweet to me and, and has allowed me to get on his show. Like he has no, he has no need to have me on his show. He does it just fine. He gets lots of subs. He gets a lot, but he still has, will have me on and he will get my respect till I die for that. So that is what I've been experiencing for literally 10 years, Deborah. If you read, that's what I said. I mean, I've, I've basically like challenged people to read Morals and Dogma and ignore all of the other stuff that's in that book so that they can take something out of context and assume it's all devil worship. It's so god-awful research. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Sean's great. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Thank you, Deborah. Yeah, Dustin is the guy who's saying it, so thank you. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy to the point where I'm like, I mean, I hate to sound this because I hate to sound this way because it sounds so like... um I don't know, assholeish or something like that, or self-righteous or something. But I don't know. It's like I, I seriously am questioning. I'm like, what's your level? What's your guys's level of reading comprehension? Not you guys here, but I mean the people that are picking up morals and dogma and thinking it's about devil worship. I just heard somebody. I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to start some stupid internet beef. But it was <sighs> next level retarded. It just happened last night. Literally said again that that Manly Palmer Hall worships Lucifer. You know how many times I've heard that? And I know exactly the page and I know what book it comes from and I know exactly the page it comes from. I think it's page 52. <laughs> anyway. And so people read this and they read it completely out of context. Then they've never even read the rest of that book where he, where, and it's, he's actually talking about Lucifer in that book in a negative context. In a negative context. And people think it's in, he's like worshiping him or something. And then they ignore every other chapter of the book where he's like, you know, being like, God is amazing. God is great. And you have to, you have a moral responsibility to be an upright, virtuous human being. And it's like, you know, you got that, all that sort of stuff. It's absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. And so then I got to a point, I'm like, I really wonder if these people have any sort of reading comprehension that they can even, once again, comprehend what's being said there. As far as I can tell, they can't. I'm like, if you're going to tell me that you've read Morals and Dogma, or have you read whatever it is, um, you know, some Manly Palmer Hall book or whatever it is, and you came to the conclusion that those guys are devil worshippers, I'm like, do you have no reason, you have no, like, you shouldn't be reading anything, like, you shouldn't be reading the Bible, that's for sure, because if you can't extract what's being said out of those books, there's no way you're going to understand the Bible. There's just none. And so... Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, small axe. <laughs> I just do. I'm sorry. It's so bad. It's so bad. And so, like, and I've, and once again, I've been just basically begging people to have these conversations. And what's crazy about everything that's happened, especially within the last couple months of putting out this level of information, and I literally emailed about, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe 10 people. Um, saying like, hey, you want to check this out or just get back to me? Nothing. Literally, like ghost town. So, let me reiterate what I was saying and honestly what I've been saying for uh, quite a long time. I don't mean to have such a, I'm not having such a bad attitude on this. I mean, I sometimes I find it actually pretty funny. But Deborah Stilly, welcome to the shit show. Because that's exactly what it is. 
It's why I've said for the longest time, I don't really feel like I connect with this sort of community anymore because there's probably about 90% of the shit that I talk about, they can't be honest with, they won't have a conversation with, they won't get into a moderated setting and actually have some sort of debate. They, you know, it's, they, they, they've never read the books. They, you know, I mean, you know, you guys, you like the, you had the, somebody had mentioned the Jim Bob guy. Hey, that, you know, he's a guitar player. Can you, can you form some chords? You know, that's what you're dealing with. And that's what I've dealt with for years. And that's what this spiritual pursuit is all about. It's a narrow, narrow path. And I'm, I'm understanding that more and more as I go, you know, I mean, I've always heard it and they always said, you know, don't cast your pearls before swine. And now I know, now I know just the level of swine that some of these people are. You know, some people that I actually respected at one point, you know. And so it's just a learning lesson. It's just a learning lesson. I should stop being so fucking sensitive about it, that's for sure, because that's annoying. But um, I'm working on it. Anywho, um, so yeah, that's the notable mentions in the book. Um, music, the, the Tau Cross, the 153 in the Ark and Scripture, and then, and then, of course, the index that my lovely wife did, so... So that's for sale now. And um, Lindsay Smith, I'm a preacher's daughter and I have waited to study the Bible because I felt too ignorant to read it. That's, I mean, uh, I, I, I sensed uh, the layers and I knew I didn't have the tools until now. Thanks for going on Rogue Ways. Of course, I love, I love Lindsay over there. Um, this is the thing. I, this is what I think people misconstrue about what maybe that when they come to this channel or, or whatever is like they think that it's like oh, I'm some like know-it-all or something like that. No, not even close. You know, I was in the exact same position for you. I, I would pick up the Bible. Lindsay, thank you for your comment. I would pick up the Bible and I'd be like, what the hell is all this? You know, I, but I was smart enough to, to say to myself, I don't know what I'm reading. I mean, I could say that about several. Here's a piece of pie, bro. Thank you, Javier. Um, I said that to myself again and again and again, over and over again. I was just completely honest. I'm like, what is this? I don't, under I don't understand this at all. Then I had to go through and actually gain and understand the tools that were necessary to understand what it is you're reading. And if you don't understand cryptography, if you don't understand Kabbalah, if you don't understand astrology, if you don't, if you if you haven't put your two feet firmly into philology and etymology and things like that, there's no way you're going to understand that Bible. the The book, the Holy Bible, is meant, as I said in the last documentary, it's meant to be difficult to read. It is meant to be a triumph of literature. You're not supposed to be able to pick that thing up and just casually read it like it's some Daniel Steele novel. That's not what the Bible is about. The Bible, as I've said, requires study. It requires study. And holy shit, did I study that thing. I think the proof is in the pudding there, you know. But I dedicated myself. I was like, no, and I'm not going to be satisfied until I, can, until I can say, I know what this means. I can go word for word. And then not only that, I can explain it and do, and do these sort of live streams doing it. Now, what's crazy is that people think this is like me, 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 like oh, it's Marty's thing, or he thinks he's some special. I represent a tradition, that's what people don't understand. I represent a tradition and I'm honoring and upholding that tradition. 
And that's the tradition of mysticism, esoterica, Gnosticism, all those things that all of those people refuse to talk about because they're scared to talk about astrology or they're scared that they're, they're going to look like some fag or something like that because they're counting on their fingers. Who cares? Yes, thank you. Clearly, Marty, you have... Indeed, yeah, I know. Now tell me to change the muffler on your car. You know what? I'm going to screw that shit up. You know why? Because I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't get on this channel and be like, I know how to change the muffler. I know how to bake, you know, the best sourdough bread. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to claim I do. But this I know. This I've dedicated everything to my entire life. <clears throat> That was so funny. I was listening to this show, and it was this Orthodox dude, right? And he's got this show, and he was literally talking about, he said, the qu quote, quote, he said, I don't even know if we can get past the Van Allen radiation belt. That's what he said. I was like, hmm, the Van Allen radiation belt? Really? What, what chapter of Genesis is that in? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. You guys are Bible readers, and you haven't figured out that you're not on a spinning ball? Holy God. Anyway. Me too, not a mechanic. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm not. I'm done. I'm done ranting. I'm done. Like I said, I didn't have anything planned today. Had no agenda whatsoever. I just wanted to chat and just let you guys know what's going on. And I'll see you on the flip side. And it's ten. It's ten eleven. It's ten oh eight. Um, <clears throat> I'm just always curious how Globy naysayer Bible professors are, yeah. Are you happy, Mar Marty? I know you were married. Oh, I'm very, honestly, very happy. Oh, Will Stubbs. Lost Masonic word is reason. Actually, um, the word is just the word. The word represents, here, let me, uh, Deborah Stilly, I've learned so much from you and grateful, Jenny Brooks. Have funny trip, refresh and relax. I will, thank you so much. It's definitely much needed, and I can recognize that. Lost Masonic word, this is what the word is. Um, I'll just read this intro here. <clears throat> yeah, don't cast your pearls before swine as an absolute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alex. Ben Krupa! Jen Bru! The mythical history of Freemasonry informs us that there once existed a word of surpassing value and claiming a profound veneration, that this word was known to but few, that it was at length lost, and that a temporary substitute for it was adopted. But the very philosophy of Masonry teaches us that there can be no death without a resurrection, no decay without a subsequent restoration, and on the same principle it follows that the loss of the Masonic word must suppose its eventual recovery. Now, this idea of a search after truth forms so prominent a part of the whole science of Freemasonry that I conceive no better or more comprehensive answer could be given to the question of what is Freemasonry than to say it is a science which is engaged in the search after divine truth. The word, therefore, I conceive to be the symbol of divine truth and all its modifications. The loss, the substitution, and the recovery of such a word are but component parts of the mythical symbol which represents a search after truth. 
So this 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 word is a is a representation of divine truth, and that's why Christ is the word, and that's why you find the word in Hinduism, and that's why you find as I covered in the books, Odin, Odin of the Norse myth says in the poetic edda that he was searching after a word. Now, why is it that we have such a problem finding the commonalities between these things? Why is it so many people want to be like, well, it's Christian nationalism and pagan this and stuff like that? You know, why? Why can't you guys find the commonalities between these things? Everybody wants to put up the walls and separate things and say, no, it's not this over here and this over there. And they have zero understanding, especially the biblical people. And yet they have zero understanding of what they're reading. Do you really think St. John was in the wilderness eating locusts? Was he part of the World Economic Forum? It's like, he's the bugs. Or maybe there's a better explanation for what that's talking about there. And one that's alive and well in our stars right now. St. John is here. <clears throat> okay. Flat Earth Vegans, $9.99. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your work. Thank you, John Gaggett. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Since we won't see you for a bit, have a Bushmills or two on me and be the stubborn Irishman that you are. Germans don't know whiskey like the Irish do. That's a fact. Small X. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Will you be covering St. John? Virginia Dare, what I would like to do is what I did with um, the book of Mark and um, do it with Revelation. Thank you, Daniel Stearns. Yeah, uh, Interverse Podcast says, Dylan Sakosius, is that how you say that guy's name? His books prove Jesus and Odin, Hermes and Buddhas to be the same concept. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. You know, there's that, oh God, it's just... It's that line. The reason I started with Mark, by the way, the chapter of Mark is, and, and people have been asked this why I started with Mark. The reason I started with Mark is that I knew there was so much astrology that I wanted to cover in the chapters, right? And when I started reading Mark, I was like, you could just get into it right away. And there was so much there, with it, even in the first like few chapters, as you guys saw, that some of the other chapters, it's not as explicit. It's still some of the exact same stories. Like you can find the exact same story in like Luke or Matthew or whatever, that sort of thing. So I just started with Mark because of it highlights the astrology, I thought, very, very well. And then the more and more I got into it, it was it was very clear that it was. So, um, so anyway, um, I forgot what I was talking about. It's been happening this morning. <laughs> mm. Yes, that's what I was saying. You remember that chapter in Mark and, or it's in Mark, I think it's in Matthew 2, um, where it's Peter... And he goes up and he, it's, um, Jesus go, like walks away and then Peter goes up and then he sees, it sees Jesus. I think it's Jesus, Moses, and Elias. I'm pretty sure. Right. And he goes and all of a sudden Jesus, Moses, and Elias appear. And Peter gets all excited. And he's like, oh, great. Now we're going to build a tabernacle for you and then one for you. And then we're going to build one for you. So Peter was all excited because he's like, look, Moses is here and Elias is here and Jesus is here. All these separate people are here. And then what happens? A dark storm cloud comes over, right? And it gets real freaking ominous, right? And then he looks up and next thing you know, Moses and Elias are gone and it's just Jesus. What's the lesson there? What's the lesson there? It's two words. 
I am is the lesson. Buddha, Jesus, Odin. Everybody thinks they're all separate things. Everybody thinks that they, you know, you as if you can't find commonalities between those things. It's crazy. Yes, Hermes and 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 Jesus, you know. I mean, it's it's insane. The amount of correlations you can make. I mean, to the point where it's like Hermes talks about the word, the logos. <laughs> so anyway, so um, anyway, any other questions here? Anything you guys want to chat? I know it's ten eighteen. I don't. I try to keep these down to about an hour and a half every Sunday because I, I you know, I'm I'm not on a lot. I don't I don't really want the attention to be honest. Um, but I, so I try to get in here. I try to, you know, give you the lesson. And so that I'm not taking much of your time. I appreciate everybody's time. I, I keep it down to try to an hour and a half, two hours. So that's all. If you want this, you know, you go once a week. And if you're listening at work, you can at least listen on the podcast and get, you know, the meat of this. So I try to keep it concise and that sort of thing. Today's a ramble, but it is what it is. So tabernacle is a bad word where I live. It's what we call our uh, rabbit hutch. We call it the tabernacle. We, have, we raise little rabbis. We raise them all. We raise all of our rabbis for slaughter, by the way. Every every last one of them. Except Buck. Except Buck. So we ran. So, and then Jennifer's already named, um, already named the bunnies, which we were told not to do. And I didn't, I didn't name. So she named them like, what'd you name them? Like Rosie and Marie. And I just call them the Goldbergs. I just call them the Goldbergs. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, yes, Interverse is saying, boom. When we say Hermes, Jesus, Odin, Buddha are the same, we are talking about the one, the being, the fire, the singularity of self-existing life force that we are all growing out of, the world tree of life. Boom. That's what we're talking about. Yes, it's, it's crazy that, that, you know, that's like what he's saying there is not, it's not like we're, it's not like Chase... And, and I are saying anything really that profound here. It's really one step. It's like one step into the door of esoterica, really. This is what, what we're talking about there, you know. <clears throat> yes, the Bible has. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. Sorry, let me go back here. I'm going to make. Oh, Broken Bear. So somebody asked this before. And I think this is what you're saying. Broken Bear is saying the deep state understand all of this and they do not fear hell. It's interesting because people had asked like, people ask like, well, why? Um, but if these people know it, like why do they know that they're like purposefully doing evil and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, there's some of them obviously. But the other thing that most people don't recognize is that these people that are doing evil, they think they're doing good because they don't see you as equal to them. And this is a very simple concept called sacred and profane. It's something that, I mean... People have written about for generations, right? Um, so the powers that be, they do, they see you as plebes. They see us as plebes. Uh, they see us as the cattle. They don't see us as equal. So if they if they go and poison the populace or kill us off or you know hurt us in this way or mind control us or dust our skies or whatever it is. And people are like, well, why are they doing this? Well, you're assuming that those people think that the, you're equal to them in their eyes. I mean, we are all equal in God's eyes in the in the sense that we in this sense that we all have the divine spark. What we do with that is a different story, and the morality that we play out here, and blah 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 blah, and the actions that we make—that's a different thing. But God understands that there's the divine spark within everybody, you know. So, um, anyway, anyway, I'm just rambling. 
My church is currently a chicken coop that is two weeks behind on leaning. <laughs> it's because they're incredibly smart, incredibly stupid. Well, it's not stupid. They're incredibly smart, but they're psychopathic because of that, that mindset that they hold. They don't see you as equal. So if they do evil to you, who cares? It doesn't it's not it's not evil to them. They're just like, well, no, we just have to take care of the goyim over here or whatever, you know. Okay. <clears throat> Where is this? What is the question? Have you studied what? Finnish mythology? No. No. I just, I, I, this was probably like a month ago or something like that though. I came across this Hindu article and the, and the guy was talking about how the Hindu gods, I shared it on the, the telegram. I think I still have it. I'll, I'll probably cover it. But the guy was talking about how the gods of Hinduism and he went through each god and how they're related to numbers. That the just like you can in the just like you can in the Egypt mythology, right? When you talk about the Ennead or the 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 Agduat and the Ennead, right? These are eight and nine gods, right? You can actually completely take the nine gods of the Ennead and attribute them to numbers, and and it makes sense because you have the Atom, what is it, the Atum or whatever is like the number one. He's like the first thing, and he's literally the first thing. Atum comes from the primordial or primeval waters of creation in Egypt, which is called the Nun. In other words, the zero. So in other words, you get zero and then the first thing is Atum. And then there's, anyway, you can go on and I actually covered it a bit in Lord Jesus Christ. But so the, the point is, is that when you take this fundamental knowledge, right? When you take basically your, your fundamentals of Kabbalah, which God has put right here, you take your fundamentals of star study, that sort of thing, and you take them into the different myths with this with this structure in your head, you're, the myths will start unfolding to you. You'll start to realize that what they're actually doing is encoding these universal transcendental principles that are available to all people. That's what they're doing. And you can see it. You can go into Hinduism. You can go to Egypt mythology. You can go into the Norse stuff. You can go into the Bible. You can go into the Old Testament and the New Testament. <clears throat> you know, the, the idea that you would read Ezekiel Give me a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. And uh, Ezekiel 1.10, as for the likeness of their faces, they, the, they four had the face of a man and the face of a lion on the right side, and they four had the face of an ox on the left, and they four also had the face of an eagle. And then it gives you Numbers 2.10, Revelation 4.7, um, and their wings, they, were, they had wings, and their wings were stretched up, and their wings, they had wings. How in the world... Could you possibly read that 
and not put astrology to it, especially considering the Tetramorph, which is, of course, the four apostles of the New Testament, are literally given the attributions of those things. An ox, a lion, Aquarius, the, the, the eagle, Scorpio. This is so clearly astrological, so clearly, to the point where you can go in and actually make attributions to what they're saying, to what's going on up there. Jared Poole, thank you very much. And I've never, I went my entire life without hearing one Christian talk about it. But then they'll, they'll laud this, this, these books as if they're, oh, this is the word of God. I don't know what any of it means. I don't know what any of it says. I'm, I'm going to do endless live streams about God and logos and stuff like that, but never actually pick this thing up and read from it. You know, you can go into one line of Ezekiel and it's screaming at you that this is astrological. What's, what's the disconnect? What's the, what's the disconnect with people? I'm, I'm seriously asking the question. I don't know what it is. I don't have the answer for that. Point is, you have that knowledge. You can go into Ezekiel. You go into Revelation. You go into Numbers. You go into the Norse stuff. You go into Egyptology. You go into Hindu stuff. And you will start making sense of it. It's not going to be this endless, you know, um, mystery of things. It's like, I don't know what any of this means, which I know for a fact after just, you know, uh, dealing this with this whole thing for years and years and years, just as Deborah Stilley said, I think it was, or Lindsay, I think she said that she was a preacher's daughter and she knew that there was more to it and didn't have the tools, you know? Well, we can provide you the tools. Two questions. Yes. Two questions. Christians say astrology is satanic. Yes, John Gagat, which is nuts, nuts. Marty, do you know which Bible verse is at the phi moment in the Bible? In modern music, the song Apex happens at the phi moment. For instance, the epic Phil Collins drum break. That one? Um, I don't know. I don't. Um, I, I don't. I don't know whether. I don't know exactly know what you're saying. Is phi moment, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on Raha and Chozes? I don't know. I don't have any thoughts on that. Eric C., thank you. Your video last week was fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to let that simmer for a while. Another reason why I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a little break. Just let that simmer for a while. See if it gets, see how many views it gets in the next couple couple weeks. And I'll reassess. Reassess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, Paul C., just so you know. I don't, um, can you give me a little bit more background on that? Okay. I know how to slay sorcerers, yeah. You should play Abir Bayarash. What's that? Is that do? Do host. Do host. Oh, interesting. Verse KGVS divide that is by 1.618. Is that true, Laundry Man? Is that true? Okay. All right, I think that's going to do it for me. It's been an hour and a half here. Um, unless anybody has any more questions. And yes, last I left, that was the drum break. Really, that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. <clears throat> so you mean you take the, the length of the song and then you find its point, like if you like did 1.618 in the song you're saying? 
Oh, they're, um, I don't know. Uh, Paul C. I mean, do you believe there are real seers? Like, I don't really know those people. So, um, I will say this. I will say this. After years and years of exploring, um, not even exploring, but just, you know, peripherally, like, like new age people. The, the, I mean, uh, I, there was, I don't think there was one of them that I even took seriously for 10 minutes. Like, I never read Eckhart Tolle. I never did, and not, and no offense to anybody that has or anything. I'm not saying this like, oh, you know, anything with that, whatever. But I never took any, like, the secret shit. Never, like, you know, thought it was interesting for 10 minutes or whatever, you know. Like, never took any of that stuff seriously because, I don't know, uh, bullshit meter in me or something like that. Just sniffed them out. And was like, yeah, I don't sense, you know. And then a lot of times they would be more often than not. You know, just people speaking bullshit, you know, not ver- not being able to verify literally anything they're saying, you know, just being like, oh, I've got a bunch of theories and opinions and I'm going to make a whole shitload of money giving presentations on it. Maybe I'll go on Gaim TV. Eckhart Tolle seems pretty commie. Yeah. I mean, it's the Eckhart Tolle bridge to nowhere is really what it, you play. You pay the Tolle bridge to nowhere, you know, so... I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. I, you know, I don't think stars astrology are evil. I think people can misinterpret. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't even understand where that comes from, like why astrology is evil. I mean, I get the idea that, um, oh, what do I want to say? Like the idea of casting like spells or, or like, um, fortune telling, any of that sort of stuff, which I've never done. I don't do any of that stuff. Any traditional thing that people attribute to astrology, I don't do any of it. Like, none. So I think it's, and because I studied astrology in a completely different way, I mean, I understood that what astrology ultimately is, is horology. It's a study of time. That's what it is. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I could say if like somebody, you know, drew a a star chart and then said, oh, you're going to get married in two years and you know, that sort of thing. Yes, that I would say that is 100% evil. I mean, I, 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 you know, people do that shit with math too. It's like, oh, we're going to put your numbers together and then get your life path number and it's nine. And that means something, you know, it's like, I don't do any of that. I've never done any of that. Have stayed far away from it and have called that shit out, you know? Yeah, stellium. Stellium seven. Divination versus a genuine desire to understand how things connect. That's exactly what it is. I mean, you know, divination, that's, that's, you know, that's what people think all that is. Like if you bring up to most people astrology, numerology, you say, you know, that's what they think it is. It's like divination or something. It's just... Yeah, I think a lot of Americans compare it to Dungeons and Dragons for adults. Well, then you, so this is the one thing I want to talk about with astrology too. So the criticism will be like, and I've heard this criticism before. Well, it's not like it's a lion up there. Well, it's not like that's an actual scorpion. Well, no shit. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, is that your, is that your level of debunking astrology? Why would, here's something we'll talk about when we talk about astrology. Why would you group a star, why would you take a group of stars and name it, a dipper, or a bear, or a lion. You're telling a story. You're telling a story about metaphysical truths that are right above your head, right? It's a story. It's a story in the stars. So in other words, if we wanted to talk about the transition of the zodiac through the 365 days of the year, and we wanted to, t- we wanted to tell that story in the stars and track those stars, we could do it like this. 
well, there's those 15 stars in the group up there and the one that's like bright there and that whole group there, we're going to call that M174926AB. And then the next, no, what are you going to do to make it easier? It's a lion. <laughs> that's a crab. Then you realize that the, the however long this has been passed down, which as far as we know, for a very, very, very long time. This is a this is a complete system that has been given to us and been around since antiquity that is complete in and of itself. And then you say, well, why do we give them these attributes, like a lion or whatever? Well, what, what then you get into actual symbolism. Well, what, what is the symbolic attributes of a lion? How about an owl? How about a snake? Now you start to get what they're actually doing. Another thing I think is so funny is that people will poo-poo astrology, right? They'll say, well, it's, ah, it's just a bunch of made-up shit and it's, you know, whatever. But then they won't poo-poo their own language. You could say the exact same thing about English, which we're using to literally explain our world to one another. It's just a bunch of made-up shit. Why do you use it then? There's so many things to talk about with astrology. And it's like, we, you know, uh, we really need to take some time to do that. You know, um, the the systems that have been given to us, mainly being like um, our number system, as far as, uh, the, or I should say our language, and then the number system behind the language, the, the, the terms of astrology and the houses and all of that sort of stuff. That is a system that has been passed on today, that's alive today, alive and well today. And whoever set those systems up were way smarter than all of us combined. Way smarter than all of us, way more connected to God than all of us can, I think, they can even fathom. And so what people do is they come along and they, they'll ask questions like, well, that's not really a lion up there, and then that's, I don't need to study astrology anymore. No, you don't. No, you don't. See you later. See you later. You go get lost. So, you know. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. Astrology is the world clock, yes. Yeah. In my opinion, the words are living. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, um, Deborah Steil, Stilly, says astrology is so amazing. It's like they read the stars before they ever had books, and the stars were their books, and it still stands today. two quotes. I don't know if you guys know the Dendera Zodiac. Dendera Zodiac. This is, as, as far as we know, it's a it's the big Zodiac that was on, it was like this big plate that was in, was found in um, one of the tombs in Egypt or tombs, tombs in Egypt. Um, and it gives you, and it has all of the original, basically all of the stars that we know today. The, the Cancer is the crab and Aries is the lamb, ram, you know, that sort of thing. It's all, it's all there. So this system has been given to us for a very long time. It says the sculpture Dendera Zodiac is widely known, uh, is a widely known Egyptian bas relief from the ceiling of the Pronaus, the chapel dedicated to Osiris in the Hathor temple. The Christian theologian, scholar, and author E.W. Bullinger wrote in his book, Witness to the Stars, that no one can dispute the antiquity of the signs of the zodiac or of the constellations. Basically, all he's saying is 
there's plenty of proof throughout the history of literature and different cultures and all the things like that that no matter even if the even if the signs were different all of them focused on the zodiac and there's no question about it let me give you, let me show you this this is a book i got i think i talked about this with maybe chance or something it's a book on lakota star knowledge and it studies in lakota star theology this is a book i picked up at the badlands right in um, South Dakota, which is a fantastic place. If you guys haven't been to the Badlands, it's really cool. And they, this whole book is about how they actually nomadically went from their winter... Here, let's see if I can show you this. Their winter camps, they, went, they would go from winter, they'd go to Harney Peak, then they'd go to... I forget what they called this place. Tiamina... Paysia and then Devil's Tower. So the Lakota would travel with the sun and with the path of the stars going from essentially from where the, the winter camp is, where Harney Peak is in South Dakota, and then they would travel up to, is that Wyoming? And Devil's, Devil's Tower up there. And then they would travel back and they followed the path of the sun in their nomadic, it wasn't really nomadic, I mean they traveled, but they weren't just randomly, you know, just being wanderers. No, they had a you had a path, and they were following the sun. And then you go into the star study, and um, they literally, I don't, I'm not going to go into this too much here, I just want to show you this, but they literally were following the exact same constellations, literally to the T. They were just calling them different things. One's a turtle, One, you know, this one's a bird, Cygnus is usually a bird, Draco's almost invariably found across the world as a snake. Where do you think the dragon comes from? Where do you think the dragon comes from? A fire-breathing, a being that is that is composed of earth, air, water, and fire that's in the stars above in the in the in the circumpolar constellations, and all across the world you find dragons. Nagas, seraphims, serpents, dragons. Why? Because they were all studying the stars. And in two, and there's also something about this, and I tried to I tried to explain this to um, this guy that did this consultation, but there's something unspoken about getting into these studies as well, that there's a connectivity, I think, I forget who just said that, there's a connectivity to it when you study it and take it, and take it seriously, that is. Taking it seriously is the big one that a lot of people don't do. That's the most important one. Take the shit seriously. When you do that, there's something that happens in your brain. There's a connectivity that happens. And I said the same thing with math. When you take math seriously and you actually study it, for the, you get into the brass taxes and the genuine article of what math is, and you study it and you don't have all these opinions and stuff like that that's thrown in your brain about what people think, there's a connectivity there. There's something that structures your brain that may, and I don't, I don't know how to say it other than, you know, once again, I guess the, I'll just say this, the proof's in the pudding kind of thing, you know? Um... So, uh, and uh, for me, once again, if you knew where I came from as far as like intellectually, intellectually and scholarly and that sort of thing, the fact that I would even be saying that uh, astrology is a legitimate study is nuts. Like I would never think in a million years I would say that. But when you realize what it's actually about, and that's the study of the transcendent principles, the metaphysical nature of everything, the heavens that are above us, the metaphysical nature of the heavens above us and how God is ordaining that pattern. Then you realize, oh, that's not bullshit. No, just the people that constructed that structure for us to understand it, they used things that made our minds think. It, it makes us question things. Why is that a lion? Well, there's an answer for that. 
But if if the if the first thing you do is this hyper analytical thing and be like, well, that's not a lion, that's why I don't trust. Good, you know, see ya. That's exactly, in this sense, it's a very alchemical thing. It's an exoteric or a, it's a surface level thing, and or a what do you want to say, a veil or a I don't know I don't know what kind of language you want to use, but it's this sort of barrier or corridor that you put before people. That says, and if you can't handle those deeper questions, it'll it'll just kick you out naturally. You you'll just automatically go this way or that way, or be like, oh, that's all nonsense and stuff like that. And astrology be like, okay, good. Alchemy does the same thing. It isn't to say you couldn't necessarily create, you know, turn lead into gold physically. That might be true, but if you are actually searching for physical material wealth, gold, God's never going to give you that alchemical process. You will forever be lost because it's not actually about turning lead into gold. I'm not saying you can't possibly do that in chemistry or something. In fact, I know you can. In, you can. Anyway, that's a long story. But the point is, is if, if there's a barrier there that these, these ancient sciences actually put there for the express purpose of keeping people out that can't handle it. This is what masonry does. Masonry puts the wall up because it's saying you got to knock. And if you guys are, if you're the kind of person that says, well, I don't need a knock, I already know what's going on behind there, the devil worship and stuff like that. Masonry is purposely keeping you out because you're not ready for it. You can't hack it. Your philosophy is not there. Your intelligence is not there. Your understanding of the holy sciences and all the sciences of the world is not, it's just not there. It's purposely there to keep you out. And it does its job and it does what it's supposed to do. <clears throat> so... This is a spiritual realm. Why would you want to create material things in the spiritual realm? Well said. <laughs> and it's not even it's not even saying that like you have to reject materiality or something like that. You know that kind of thing. It's not like, you know, if you were successful monetarily or something and it's like, well good for you and things like that. But if you pursue that, if if your love for those material things, God will always and forever keep you from that path. And this is why the Bible says it's a straight and narrow way. Because God is keeping out all of those Christians. He's doing it. All those Christians, like as the person was saying here, oh, that's all. The devil worship Christians think that it's all satanic. That's how it works. That's, as I'm coming to learn, that's how it works. Yeah. So... Yeah, Santana Brown, Venus makes a pentagram in our sky. Yeah, exactly. Once again, who's ordaining that? Why is Venus the planet of beauty now? Makes sense, right? All you have to do is apply the very math that God has ordained in the sky, which leads you to a um, phi, the golden ratio of the golden mean, which is what we could call a design signature of God. And then we say, well, those ancient astrologers, they said, you know, they just made up a bunch of shit. They just said, Venus is the planet of beauty for no reason whatsoever. Or maybe they were crazy smart. Maybe they were crazy smart and we're crazy stupid. I would think if you look around in our world, I, I'll raise my hand. I'm part of that stupidity. <laughs> Guilty. We are we are law, we are so far from source right now. You know how I know this is true. Jennifer and I were just on Netflix last night. Full stop. I guess I could just end there. No, 
And we watched this. We were up till like midnight. I never stay up till midnight. We're in bed by the 8.30. I'm sleeping by 9 usually, right? We stayed up because it was so just jaw-droppingly stupid. And it was shocking. And it was... um. It was uh, ne- what was the show? It was called Trainwreck, and it was about it was Trainwreck, and it was called it was about Woodstock '99, right? And about this like these two these two concert promoters, and one guy that promoted like Grateful Dead and like all this other stuff, and Prince and all this other right? And he was uh, a Jewish fellow, Mr. Jean Shearer, I think is what his name. And then his partner was this guy named Michael Lang, and Michael Lang was uh, he's I'm I'm assuming he's likes to diddle diddle the kitty. I don't know. That's the, that's the, I don't know. I don't want to say that, but that's the, that's the feeling you got from, I wouldn't trust these guys to wash my car. I wouldn't do that. Anyway, so they set up this Woodstock 99 thing and they thought it was all about like peace and love and stuff like that. And they did it in this air force. You got to watch this because it's, I mean, these guys basically were so deluded and did everything possibly wrong. And then essentially set up an environment to create a riot all about peace, love and music and they hired bands like Limp Biscuit and Corn, which though those bands enough will tell you the the where we are in the the scheme of the Cali Yugas and shit. But um, uh, it was so bad. It was like these guys did everything wrong possible. They took zero credit for anything that went wrong, zero responsibility, and then just sort of laughed it off while like. This whole basically uh, Air Force base burned and women were raped and shit like that. And these guys didn't give two shits as long as they made their money. And it was astounding to watch because you were basically watching two guys that had zero morals, zero ethics, zero integrity, zero care, compassion for humanity, for anything like that. And basically it just summed up where we are in 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 the, the world ages because it was like you know at the end of this concert which was all supposed to be peace and love it was all burned to the ground and it was like trash everywhere and women were raped and the freaking but you know not a lot of conservatives i don't think went to that concert but uh anyway dude i'm a former reverend i've been talking about it for four decades which, what's that? I missed what you're saying, hopefully. Your telegram is active. Yeah, it is. No, it's, it'll be active. <clears throat> okay, I think that's going to do it for me, guys. I thank you so much. I thank you all for the support and everything like that. 142 watching. Unless you guys, I, I got another 10 minutes or so. Cut this off at maybe 11. If you guys want to talk about anything. Other than that, I'm going to say uh, goodbye to you um for now and i'll see you guys on the flip side we're gonna go to like i said we're gonna go to germany we're gonna enjoy ourselves um and relax a bit and when i come back then we'll uh we'll hit the ground running so all right okay well guys Thank you all for the love. Thank you all for the support. Thank you all for the people that have signed up at the site. Like I said, um, um, excuse me, Danka. Uh, check out the site. That's where all the, the live streams will be. Um, if you're missing anything there, so just go. And like I said, we keep the site cheap, so pretty much anybody can afford it. I mean, it's f- three months for 14 bucks. You know, I, I, you can buy like two coffees for $14 nowadays. So, or one water at Woodstock 99. So, um, how are you going without vax and testing? They dropped all the, they dropped it all. Yeah. 
So literally, as soon as they dropped it, within like a week, we we bought our tickets. Bra Rebel Bear. So. Awesome work, Mr. Thank you so much. So, um, if you get a chance, the uh, just so you guys know, um, these books, Pie in the English Alphabet, Volumes 1 through 3, are no longer in print. And when books no go, like, when they're no longer in print and they've sold a bunch, I didn't know this going in, but they become collector's items. Now, it's hilarious to me that my books are collector's items, but it's just what it is. So, people had asked, like, so I put Pie in the English Alphabet out, or Pie in um, Pie the Great Workout many, many moons ago. And then, you know, I took it off because I'm like, no, it's that's not good enough. We need to constantly go through that, once again, that distillation process and get to the, the heart of the matter. So I was like, no, it's, it's you know, uh, it's no good, you know. So, um, so then I took it down and then I found out within like a month or two that those books were going for like $1,100 in some places, like $1,000, which I was like, holy shit. And then somebody actually bought that book. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I was like, it's totally not worth that money. Anyway, which is crazy. But um, they didn't buy it for me. I didn't make $1,000. Some freaking bookseller, some bibliopole did. Anyway, you guys know what a bibli bibliopole is? It's a, guy, it's a person that like collects books, old books. So I think sells them too. Anyway, so if you have these books, um, they might be collector's items someday. I don't know. So hang on to them. Um, but that said, all the new books are ready for purchase. Um, so um, The Peacock's Tales, The Alchemical Writings of Claudia Pavonis. And um, Pie in the English Alphabets, Volumes 1 through 3, the collection. Like I said, great uh, standalone book, coffee table book. Like I said, covers some of the same stuff in some of the other books, but it's absolutely necessary to do. And so hopefully hopefully you, uh, you pick it up, okay? And then also we have... Jennifer, do you want to give me your rosary? We have the Bible uh, packages, uh, the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, and then the rosaries that Jennifer makes now. So we put a whole little package together. Um, people have really enjoyed it. Um, I've gotten a really great response. So if you if you do want to, you know, it's just something to help support the church. Um, I'm not into selling Bibles, okay? I'm not, that's, I'm not like, I'm going to make 50 bucks on a Bible. No. I have the link on the site. If you don't want to give me your money and you don't want to, like, you know, whatever, that's fine. I just want you to have a Bible. And so you can go, the link is right on the site, and you can go right to the source in which we get them, and you can pay for them directly. You can even have this printed on there. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's not what it, you know, um, it's not what it's about. So um, so you can, boom, you can get the rosary package, uh, Pie in the English Alphabets, Volumes 1 through 3, The Peacock's Tales, and then, of course, um, Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next book that, like I said, we've already gotten started on, um, thank you, Dr. Stilly. Uh, the next book we've already gotten started on is called Scripture in the Stars. And I'm, I'm pushing for that for Christmas because I know for a fact that when I start writing it, it's just going to go and just going to come right out because it's all up here. So it's just a matter of literally me sitting down and banging that baby out. And so I will be doing that hopefully before Christmas, if not early next year, you know. Um, and, that I'm, and that, by the way, I'm not zero gematria. I mean, there's going to be a little math in there because of just one or two things I have to cover, but no gematria, literally none in the next book. So I feel like I've covered that subject well enough for now, and now it's time to go on to some different, some different things. And so the next book will be Scripture and the Stars, all about astrology, all about making the connections, going in and specifically showing how these lines in the Bible, you can't make any sense of them whatsoever unless you bring this to, to bear on it. And we're going to be... Pushing uh, forward, 
you know, as far as uh, that's concerned, um, you know, when I get back on the ground running, so... Okay. Visit Wunderland, the miniature model of world cities, Marty. Okay. Is that uh that's in Germany, right? Love you all and see you in October. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Can you make them into ebooks if hard copy sold out? Nope. Nope, they're done. That's just kind of how I work. Um, I mean, I have every intention of keeping Lord Jesus Christ out, of course. Um, and I have every intention of keeping these books out. Um, but yeah, I basically put stuff out. I keep it out for a while, and then it goes to the site. And it's basically there because I want to, I really want to give people that do sign up at the site something that's their own, you know, so that they're actually get it. You know, there's lots on there. Don't get me wrong. There's PDFs and documentaries and and music, and you can read the books, and um, the Manly Palmer Hall archives are on there, and all this other stuff. So, um, so yeah. But I definitely want to give people, you know, to you know, the the podcast is free, and I do these free, you no, know, you know. But um, I just want people over at the site to have something uh, for their own, you know. So, okay. All right. Hey, Slick Dissident, thanks for the show. I enjoyed talking to you guys. It was good. All right, that's going to do it for me. Guys, thank you so much. Oh, should I play a song quick? One song? Yes? I don't know what I want to play here, though. Should I play a song then? I wrote probably 15 years ago or something. Contract of truth and dignity, of nakedness and honor, and the pleasure of the unknown, certain, and the hope for the future. But most of all, most of all, it's about love. to be animal then warrior and savior and the moment when all is perfect and we truly live it but most of all most of all 
It's about love It's a tired child crying And hearing angels singing and knowing the difference between them but never caring but most of all most of all it's about love Cheesy song, huh? <laughs> How about one more so I can redeem myself? <clears throat> one more. This is a sweet one. And then we'll then we'll do it. And all the math that we could do, add them up in square root, would just pile underfoot our ever after. If we make the two be one and merge the moon and sun, I think we might just go and find our answer. And these serpents of sign, dragons running through our minds, and you always wanted me to be your hero. I've got nothing to give and nothing to hide we all know you can't divide by the zero so give me what you please i'll be taking what i need and from you i must say it's everything if you love me on condition well i'll return the bliss hum for you and i complete this equation and they say one and one will always make two but you and I'll prove them all dead wrong. And when our sovereignty and nobilities go falling at the feet of phony masters, we can stand for our freedom and sing the praises of love and channel our inner Dean Clifford. And our hearts will endure with intention so pure. No, we don't need this silly pseudo-savior. And the truth will set you free, so the wise man told me. And I believe, no, no, we are awakened. So give me what you please. I'll be taking what I need. And from you I must say it's everything. If you love me on condition, well, I'll return the bliss, hun. For you and I complete this equation. And they say one and one will always make two. 
But you and I'll prove them all dead wrong. And we've been taught to divide and then multiply All the things that keep us from reason With beauty defined in the making of a lie With all the walls of prison erected And we'll stand upon the stones and cut through all the ropes That keep us bound to submission And the names we assumed and the truth they dilute You and I will wash clean in the river So give me what you please I'll be taking what I need And from you I must say it's everything If you love me unconditioned Well I'll return the bliss, hun For you and I complete this equation and they say one and one will always make two But you and I'll prove them all dead wrong And they say one and one will always make two But you and I'll prove them all dead wrong Love you all so much. We'll see you on the flip side. Be good to one another, okay? Love you guys all so much. And uh, if you get a chance, stop on over to GnosticAcademy.org. Support the work, all right? See you guys on the flip side. Much love.